a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian. Hey y'all, it's time for another episode of Wobblies and Wizards, and today I'm going to talk about DIY. Well, I'm going to talk about changes in gaming, and this is kind of a recap of an earlier episode that's been taken down now because the quality and just the format doesn't fit what we're doing. And I'm, I'm going to change it up. So here we go. I'm talking about DIY gaming and changes in the industry. I'm going down memory lane for a minute to when I got into gaming and even before then how the industry was. Look at Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. Uh, it was their first effort of putting out D&D in a white box. It was very DIY. The books were very reminiscent of zines in a little white box. Lots of content at that time was close to zines, self-published things, little magazines, Xerox, and not as high quality as you see with these Wizards of the Coast books nowadays. A lot of people who were fans were adding to it, and the fans were getting involved with the company, the people who played. It was the gamers, not companies putting stuff out. Gamers trying to create an industry for themselves, essentially. Articles and magazines is how we expanded the game. Players were writing their own stuff up and putting it out there. When I got into it, finding books at hobby shops was kind of the thing. Now, it wasn't the hobby shops that we have now with the game shops, where it's all role-playing stuff and these nice beautiful board games but a hobby shop you know with rockets and models and everything else is where i was picking my stuff up at first sometimes comic shops but they were not as popular as they are now i never saw a store just for role-playing games until sometime in the mid to late 90s and then i didn't see nearly as many of them as i'd come to see later on big game shops around now they used to sell other stuff there's a big game shop that I go to often, and they didn't just sell role-playing games, but they sold books, movies, comics. They even had a little dark shack for over 18 dirty magazines and stuff like that. It was a strange little little shop. But it was good. It's a big shop. It's still around today, and they don't have the little dark shack anymore, but they do have one of the better selections of role-playing games you can find. Other shops have popped up now that just sell role-playing games, and some of them don't have the large selection of many different things. Companies like Palladium Books, when they started their games, it was pretty much just house rules for D&D. They switched it up and tried to change it so it was different and put what they were playing out there. They did that with things like Mechanoids and the Palladium Fantasy role-playing game. Companies like Judges Guild, these roll-aid books and stuff like that, were putting out unofficial content for D&D. Small publishers were always emerging in the gaming industry, coming out with their own games. Everyone I knew back in the day had three ring binders full of content they had made themselves. Or they grabbed it from another place, Xerox, and piecemealed together their own books. They were putting together their campaign worlds, taping together graph paper maps and all sorts of other things that was all theirs. Their own drawings of characters and villains were put into these three ring binders, notebooks and folders, stacks of paper. We were just making our own content, hand-drawn handwritten, sometimes typed up, later on sometimes printed from a computer. The hobby was very DIY, and most people playing were coming up with their own stuff. All the DMs I knew were making their own worlds and their own characters and telling their own stories. In the internet age, people started putting blogs up originally, their character ideas, their conversions for things. They were taking other intellectual property. They were taking other products like Dark Sun converting it for another system, or whatnot. 
I saw tons of stuff out there. You could find any type of film or comic being pushed out for another game. And people were doing cool stuff in blogs. Some of that stuff got busted down on from people like Palladium, etc. They were taking that stuff offline or having them take it offline because of intellectual property infringement or whatever. The introduction of print-on-demand changed things. Before we even got to introduction of print-on-demand, one thing that really changed things in the gaming industry was Dungeons & Dragons 3rd Edition. Now, Hasbro finally had D&D. I don't think they were paying much attention to it. They gave it to a group of creators, and they came out with an open game license. And this really opened the world of gaming up. All of a sudden, overnight, a bunch of small publishers popped up, cranking out tons of content, for 3rd edition Dungeons & Dragons. They also started coming out with their own games. As you'd see later on, Pathfinder became one of the most popular games. It was just taking an open game license and putting a game out that mimicked Dungeons & Dragons. A retelling of the rules. And tons of people, Troll Lord Games, put out Castles and Crusades where they tweaked the rules. Kind of putting out your own house rules. Taking your own spin on it. Osric. Osric brought us back the first edition AD&D rules to use and so that we as a community could put stuff out. DIY is at the heart of gaming. A lot of people may be looking for a professional book from a big publisher like Hasbro or something at times when they first get into it. But there's this wealth of content, wealth of games that's always been there. We've always had our own house rules. We've always cranked out our own stuff. And now, we're able to put it out with print-on-demand. There's sites like DriveThruRPG where tons of people post their own content, their own rule sets, their own takes on it. And that's what really is one of my favorite aspects of being into role-playing. It's the DIY aspect. If I'm playing a game and I discover that this person has done it differently, I like to check it out. I like to implement their different rules in my game. I'm going to be honest. When I started playing, I didn't know the rules. I didn't even have a dungeon master at first. But that's a story for another time. We ended up making up a lot of the rules ourselves. And a lot of the things that we tried just stayed as a part of our game because they worked. As we got older, we got better with reading the rules and implementing them as written. And we said, nah, this works better. And a lot of people put those out there as games on their own. I like being able to access all those different games. And all those different takes and all the different imaginative things people add to it. It improves the game. Seeing what people found that worked better for them, often I find works better for me too. Wow, really, putting our stuff out there in an open format where others can publish other stuff and bring out stuff to improve the game, to tweak it, to do what works for some, maybe not others, it only helps it. It only makes the game better and stronger. That's one of the reasons I like more open content. Things like open game licenses. I really wish a company like Palladium would put their system out there with an open license so that we could build on it. We buy those new things that other people put out. It makes me want to go back and buy the core books from Palladium. But alas, they're not doing that sadly. But Dungeons & Dragons has been doing that. And also, Free League has been doing that with their system, the Year Zero system. There's a lot of other systems out there that people are doing this with. We hear Powered by the Apocalypse and a few others. I could go on forever noting which game systems have an open license. And those games get a lot of support from others. Wow, that really draws me in as a player. Because I've always been one who likes to tweak and play around with things. Come up with my own worlds, my own characters. 
That's a big part of being a dungeon master or a game master and playing role-playing games. It's the creative aspect. Most of us that get into it are kind of creative people. We're acting out a character or creating a world for others to interact with. And we've created a lot of the content. A lot of people are putting that content that we have created out there. They're taking it out of those old notebooks. In fact, the last 20 years, a lot of them aren't in the notebooks pasted together like we used to. Taken from Xerox machines and notebook paper and all that. Put into a three-ring binder or a folder of some sort. No, we've been typing it up on Word documents. Putting them in Publisher or Affinity, InDesign, things like that. We're able to create our own content for others to look at now, not just for our game table. And even if you're not creating it for others to look at and use, we're creating content all the time for our own game tables, even if it's just on the fly during play. DIY is the backbone of role-playing. DIY is what makes it go. Right now, there's a big boom in DIY zines and things like that. Sites like Exalted Funeral are making them more accessible for others by bringing them to one central location where a lot of us can access these different zines and stuff coming out. That's great. Drive Through RPG is doing the same thing, and Lulu.com has given us the opportunity to put our stuff out there and people to buy it in print without the creators having to pay for the books to be printed up first. And one big change that we've all, a lot of us who are in gaming have noticed is Kickstarter. People are able to get the money to do prints of books that we want to see done. They're able to see ahead of time, who wants it? How much should I order? We're able to help a lot of independent creators put out the stuff that we want to see them put out instead of waiting for a company to make that decision. Gaming is something that we can own as a community that doesn't have to be owned and ruled over by a large company or something like that. And that's one reason I'm a big fan of open game licenses and community-driven gaming. I like the concept of open gaming and gaming that is ran by us, created by us, and we all get an input, we all get to add something new to it. We have a lot more content, a lot more quality content, and we have a lot more opportunity not only to access those different ideas, but to put our own stuff out there and let others see what we're doing. So, I like the open nature of gaming. I like the concept of open game licenses, and I wish that more companies would embrace that strongly, but I think that the ones that do... And where there is open gaming, that's the where I tend to drift towards. So that's where I tend to be able to do more. As always, if you've enjoyed this, please share it. Please give me a positive review. I could use some wherever you're listening to this at. Visit our website, wobbliesandwizards.com. Follow us on Facebook on the Wobblies and Wizards page. Apparently, there's a difference between following and subscribing. I'm not 100% sure. I think you have to like it and subscribe to it. So please do that so you can see what we're putting out for our blog posts and our podcast. And as always, keep those dice rolling.